Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. I'm so excited today. I get to sit down with one of my biggest mentors and my OG business coach, Michael Yost. He is amazing. He taught me so much in my career and helped me so much in my business at Gina Bianca Hair. He was the person who found me in the audience at the team-based pay conference groaning. I was like, oh my God, everything I'm doing is wrong. He found me um, after class and he was just like, hey, we should do some coaching. And we ended up coaching together for, I think, two or three years. And it was amazing. Um, Michael, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, man. Thanks, Gina. It's awesome to be here. I've enjoyed our relationship over the years, the friendship and uh, the coaching relationship and the whole thing. So thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So I, before we get started, I want to tell, give some context to our listeners on how I found strategies in the first place and how I met you, Michael, because Michael's a coach at strategies and how I found strategies was in early 2014, I was opening my salon. And I remember, um, you know, I had signed the lease. I had saved the money. I had bought the furniture. I was, really stressed out about how I was going to pay everybody, what I was going to do. The, the whole business part of opening a salon, I was not clueless, but really nervous. I had some education from other mentors of mine, but I really wanted to take a business class and I didn't know, you know, where to start. So I literally just started Googling and Googling and Googling and I found strategies and I saw that they had a bookstore. So I remember calling them and being like, do you guys have salon business books? And they're like, um, yeah, you <laughs> know, it's just like, I'll be there in 45 minutes. Cause they're like 45 minutes away. And I was like, how lucky am I that they're right in my backyard? I flew out there, which I've done so many times. Cause I've been to almost every strategies class many, many times I've repeated their classes. I remember flying down the highway. I got there right before they closed and I came in and I bought all of the books. One of the people there, Bruce, like was like, Hey, do you want to talk? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm opening a salon. I'm so nervous. I'm like freaking out. I'm going to read all of these books before I open. And he's like, I think you should take the incubator seminar we have coming up. And I think it will really help you. And I made that choice to go to the class and it changed my life. And that is how I learned so much business content information that, and, and just business education that I just didn't know was by starting with incubator and starting with strategies. So so I found strategies in a panic and they have been one of my guiding mentors and one of my guiding, um, you know, education sources for my whole career. So that is a little context about how I found out about strategies and on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Michael here because we're going to dive deep into salon business and employee based salon business specifically. So I'm really excited for these next few episodes. They're going to be staggered. So you'll hear one obviously today, and then they'll stagger out and you'll get some amazing information. But first of all, I want to ask you guys to follow strategies on Instagram. It's at strategies for biz. You can always check them out on their website, strategies.com and be sure to follow them and ask them any questions. They are amazing. If you have any questions after the episode, you can also leave us a rating or review for the podcast. We'd love to see how you enjoy these episodes. So Michael, now that I shared with everybody how I found you guys, tell me about you. I mean, me and you have had these calls many, many times. We used to do these right. what, twice a week. We used to be on the, on the phone together. Um, tell, tell us about you and how you got into the industry. Well, uh, it's, uh, that's a loaded question a bit. I, I'll try not to give my whole life history, but I will say this because um, I think it's relevant to, to people that, that, that listen because a lot of people are probably in the same boat. Uh, I'm a generational hairdresser. My father was a, a hairdresser by trade, actually started out as a barber in the Navy. Uh, and so basically what I, I bring that up to say, this is what I was exposed to as I was exposed to this uh, through, through growing up. Now, 
I went off to college and decided I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And after a couple of years of college, I decided that's what I didn't want to do either. So I got in the hair because uh, I had the the idea that my own father couldn't fire me. He owned his own company. And I thought my own dad can't fire me. So I'll go to work and I'll do this hair thing. Uh, and I have to admit, the moment I hit it, the, it was the moment I loved the industry. And uh, from from day one, I love the industry. You fast forward that uh, and, you know, I, I consider myself to still be a hairdresser, even though I sold my uh, my own business that I owned, uh, had a business myself for 16 years, uh, hairdresser for 25 years and still consider myself to be a hairdresser, uh, but sold my business about five years ago in that journey of working uh, in a business as an employee employee straight out of school uh, to opening my own company and then having that for 16 years. I'm self-found strategies the same way a lot of us do. All I knew was about, a, I think I was roughly, I know it was under two years of, of, of ownership, about 18 months into my own business journey when I woke up one day and all I knew about my company was my sales seemed to be growing, but my checkbook seemed to be shrinking. And that's what I knew. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I found strategies and I forget exactly how I came across strategies, uh, but I found strategies uh, through a publication or something, something I was reading. I'm not sure doing some research and I came across and I attended much the same way that Gene just said. I attended the incubator and it absolutely changed my business's life because I started to understand my business. And you fast forward that to the fact that it was... The reason I got involved with the strategies is because I found the information to me was so powerful that I'm like, the rest of our industry needs to know this information. And I felt the need to really, you know, try and share as much information as I could. And it was shortly after my incubator that they opened up an opportunity to get involved from a coaching standpoint, took advantage of that. And now, honestly, 17 years later, uh, I now am on my role full-time at Strategies, now the Vice President of Education, and uh, it's crazy where, where journeys take you, but there's a little bit about me. I love it. I love it. So, and you guys will hear the story of Neil Dukoff, the founder and CEO of Strategies. I did an amazing interview with him, and I just can't wait for you guys to hear it. I, I love Strategies. I love the company. I've been a part of what they've been doing for a really long time, and I just really am so excited for these episodes to share with you guys so much amazing information. So let's start by by sharing with our listeners what the hell is team-based pay? What is team-based pay? Because a lot of people say, oh yeah, we're a team-based pay salon or we're a team salon or we charge or we pay hourly or, you know, people give a loose definition of what they do. And can you share what is team-based pay for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about it and people think of strategies, the first thing they seem to think of is the pay. Because we, you know, we call it team-based pay. And I want to kind of, I'm going to explode, hopefully, a couple misconceptions out there uh, around strategies, maybe in general, and just, again, kind of defining, Gina, I think what you're asking too, which is, you know, there's a lot of different language out there around being a team and I'm team and this and that and the other. And so let's kind of start with your initial question. So the idea, as we say, if I were to talk about team-based pay, what we're really talking about when it comes to strategy standpoint is simply an hourly based compensation structure. Simple as that. It's, it's one piece in the bigger wheel, though, of creating team. So really, when we talk about what we talk, teach, and advocate at strategies, we're really talking about the team-based business model. A part of that model is the pay. And we say team-based pay because, honestly, it lines up with our language. Simple as that. But in the simplest terms, it's hourly-based compensation. And there is no smoke and mirrors. There is no tricks to it. It's really quite straightforward. And, and, but we'll leave it at that for this moment. The other thing to kind of maybe also kind of touch a little bit on what, you're, what you were kind of asking as well, Gina, is 
there does seem to be a lot of confusion around, well, I'm a team-based salon or I'm team this or I'm team that. When we think about team, here's what we think about. Team to us is a group of people that work together toward a common goal. Now, don't get that mixed up where when we say common goal, it just means that we're all in this together, much like any you know, sports team has a common goal to win the championship, much like any group activity that you do, you have a common goal to better that that group that you're a part of, whatever it is. And so when we talk about team at strategies, we're talking about a business whose team members, whose employees work together to reach goals that not only are probably bigger than any one person could achieve on their own and also get there more efficiently and easier, thus helping everyone to grow at a quicker rate. So it's, it's the, it's the idea that everyone pulling together in a sense, kind of like we're all in the boat rowing the same direction, not, well, I kind of want to go over here and I kind of, you know, a lot of businesses, honestly, everyone can say they're in the same boat, but is everyone paddle in the same direction? And maybe that's a great way to think about it. We try. That's what we mean when we say team businesses, team salons, team companies. We say, hey, we're all paddling the same direction and we understand what that looks like. I'm taking a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. And it's funny because I've heard it all before from you and from strategies and in incubator and in the salon spot manager course and in, right. you know, communicating and, your and, culture. Yep. and I can list like 15 courses I've taken from strategies, which I believe are some of the best courses ever. I can only dream to create a course like as, as informational as you guys do. Um, we work together to reach a common goal that are bigger than what one can achieve on their own. Right. I think that that's beautiful. And I think that a lot of salon owners have that dream, but they don't quite know what the goal is. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, you spoke honestly. I mean, you just spoke to me from the standpoint of, I mean, it, it's been for me. I mean, I opened my own business. It would have been um, in 2000. So again, now we're talking over 20 years ago. Um <clears throat> But I still remember that, as we like to say, you know, it's common, you know, you hear it, we didn't coin the phrase, but entrepreneurial seizure that all business owners have at some point saying, hey, listen, I want to do something that's bigger than myself. And I, I can't tell you, there's not a one business owner I haven't spoken to in all of these years in my role as a coach, as an educator, that doesn't all cite the same thing. You did something because not only did you want to create a better life for yourself, naturally, nothing wrong with that, but you also wanted to create something better for those involved with you. And, you know, I've never, that's, that's what you just said it, to me is that exact reflection. It's, we all, like I said, we do things because, yeah, we want to help ourselves grow, but it's not just about us. It's about helping other people in our industry grow. And I think a lot of salon owners get that inspiration from a bad experience in a salon and they see the culture is toxic and they want to start their own. Like for me, I wanted so badly to recreate what I experienced at a Paul Mitchell school. Like I wanted to create that culture that like, you don't know what it is, but you know it when you see it, like right. that is like something that is so incredible to feel but it's so discouraging when you can't find it. So a lot of us want to create our own. So we build salons and then we get upset when it doesn't go the way we had hoped. And it's like, when you say, is everybody in the same boat? Sure. But is everyone rowing in the same direction? That is so relatable to so many salon owners. Uh, yeah. I hear it every day in my coaching sessions that I do. And when I talk to owners every single day, I talk to salon owners and in clubhouse and listening to them and just like really listening to what's going on in the industry today. And so many salon owners have the dream of creating this culture and they just can't understand why it's not going well or why this person left or why this person's not doing what the, the handbook says or all of these things. And I have to spend hours 
repeating to myself, the handbook doesn't just sit in a drawer and you can't just copy paste a handbook. It's your dream on paper that becomes a system and your like consistent accountability to like make, keep that dream alive, you know? And I think that a lot of people start by wanting to create the culture and create the space, but they don't have the vision and the goal. Like, uh, it's not like, um, you can't grab it. You know what I mean? Like they don't, there's not like an actual goal, like, it's like they have a goal of a feeling, but it's like, how do we even get there? And it's like hard to like create a business and systems around something when it's not fully there. If it's just like, I want to create a place where everyone loves to work. Okay. Right. So (laughs) what are we all working toward is a great question. Yeah. Well, that that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I just need to jump in on that. Just not that I have any revolutionary or amazing thoughts around that, but I just want to jump in to, to laugh to say, uh, you know, I can relate so well to that, not only because I see that happen a lot, but that was me as well, which was just like, only thing I knew was like, dude, I can do something. that's going to be awesome. What is it? I'm not sure, but it's just going to be great. And that was all the planning I did. Well, it should have been no surprise to me, as I already shared, it should have been no surprise about 18 months in that I'm going, I don't know anything about my business. Uh, Although I was, and don't get the, don't get me wrong. I woke up realizing I need to know more. Did I still love what I did? Yeah. Did I still love my business? Yeah. Was it still fun to go to work every day? Yeah. It got a whole lot more fun though when I suddenly discovered how to how to build it stronger, though. Then then it got even more fun. Um, so but I just kind of had to chime in. Like I said, it is it is one of those things, I think, Gina, what you're saying to kind of bring it to an actual, you know, kind of encapsulate the point from it is many, many, many business owners go in, I think, with a lot of hey, a lot of great intent, uh, all the right heart. Uh, all of that, but many don't take the time to really plan what that really looks like. What does that really mean? When you put the rubber to the road, what does that really look like? Uh, and what do I really need to do? You mentioned the idea of how do we turn that into a system? And I think, you know, if you're at all familiar with strategy, you know, one of our favorite words is systems. So I won't even get started on that because I know there'll be a time uh, where it'll come back around, I'm sure. But that's exactly it. We all want to create consistency or a better experience. And every one of those things requires a system to do so. And that's where, again, the rubber hits the road and the work really starts is when you have to start to create that. Absolutely. And I think it's the vision, you know, everything that you said, like I, it it, like you took like my jumbled salon owner brain and put it into words. And it's like that vision of like, where, when the rubber meets the road, what it, what is, what are we looking towards? Like, what is the goal? What are we trying to do here? Are we just coming in, doing hair, going home? Is there growth here? Like what, like, what is this? What are our goals? Like, how are we going to, Oh, well, I want to do this. Okay. Well, how are we going to get there? And if nothing happens for, you know, time and time again, the team loses faith, you know what I mean? So it's so important for the owner to be present and to have their vision aligned and to learn how to put that into words and put that into a vision for your team. So I find that, uh, and just like from my experience talking to salon owners every day, it's like they, they have this vision, but they don't know how to put it into steps and put it into systems and put it into action. So I'm really excited, um, for our next few episodes to talk about all of this for salon owners. So another question I have for you about team-based, and I love that you refer to as team-based business model, because when someone says I'm a team salon and I'm like, Oh, tell me about that like, she's like, well, all my stylists get 50% commission. And I'm just like, I don't know. That's not, I I don't, I don't know. I'm like that. Okay. So everyone's kind of working towards their own thing. And then, you know, I, I really feel like some, some of those, uh, team behaviors that people want, the commission structure doesn't get them there. And that can be one of the hardest things to like, realize as a business owner. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly it. I'm so many of us, I got to, boy, 
couple my mind's twisting around a couple things, but I think where I want to start is this is so many businesses identify themselves in their descriptor by how they pay. Oh, we're a team-based business. Well, exactly what does that mean? You know, all right, does that mean you pay hourly? Because being a team business doesn't mean you pay hourly and suddenly your team. It just means you pay hourly. All right. Again, remember, team for us means if you have a group of people that pull together toward the common goal. All right. That's what we mean by team. Just because we're, oh, we pay team based. Okay. So you pay hourly. All right. It's just a pay structure or we pay commission or we do this or we do that. It's just identifying how you pay. I think, though, that the 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 key here, though, is to really think about what what separates you after that fact. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I guess I'll be very blunt on this. So we're, you know, maybe 20 minutes into our podcast or wherever we are right now. So time time to put the put the hammer down a little bit. I just am a true believer in this. And I, and I, and I want to, I want to say this and make this very clear. First nine years of my career, I worked as a commission hairdresser. That's how I got paid first nine years. When I opened my company, I opened it commission based. I was a commission based company as an owner for about like my first 18 months, roughly two years. All right. So I get that game, totally get that game, played that game for 10 plus years in my own personal life. But to me, the fact of the matter is commission, you just might as well substitute the word optional in with it. Is commission evil? No, commission is not evil. It's a pay structure, all right? It's a pay structure. But the reason why we advocate hourly is simply because if you want to have a different expectation for people, we have to make sure that, that we reward the right behavior piece with this. And so commission allows basically for option. It's an option. And, and, it, and if you don't believe me, think about this. Listen, what does commission really say when you really boil it down? Commission is if I elect to do this, I will get X percent of that. Oh, you mean so I don't need to retail. So you give a retail commission. I don't need to retail. So therefore, you mean, so if I decide not to retail, I don't get my 10%. Nope. Okay, great. Then I won't. Now I'll tell you right now, myself, I understood that game and it did motivate me. And I'll say motivate only, and I did air quotes. I say motivate because I knew how the game was played, which was if I sold more, I earned more. Okay, I'll play that game, but I... I also worked with plenty of people that were like, hey, listen, if I elect not to talk about shampoo, conditioner, whatever it is that you sell, I don't get any, I don't get a little percentage of that. Ah, that hundred bucks doesn't mean that much to me. I don't care. Or you know how it goes. When rent is due, suddenly we see different actions than when eh, I'm in good shape right now. You know, commission just allows for optional. It's not that commission is bad. Commission is not evil. And I want to clear that up because I think a lot of times people think strategies are like rails against commission. No, it's not railing against the pay structure. It's railing against the behaviors it encourages. It's not the pay structure. The pay structure is the pay structure. It's the attitudes that bring with your pay structures that you don't like. That's what we rail against. So I'm going to stop because I could go total soapbox on that, but I'm going to try and keep myself down off of it. No, I totally get it. And the reason I bring it up is because that's like the first thing people use team as a buzzword. Yep. Oh, I'm a team salon. I'm a team based salon. And I hear it all the time. And I'm just like, right. I'm just no, like, not and I try to hold it back because I believe with all of every fiber of my being that commission is the pathway to booth rental. So salon owners who are paying their team's commission and they get all upset with their stylist leaving to go booth rental, suite rental, open their own place. And they get so upset about that. That is literally guiding them to booth rental. I own a booth rental salon. Everybody listening knows that if you're new to me, because you found me through strategies, I had a team-based pay salon. Now I have a booth rental salon. We're going to talk about that shortly. I have my two hybrid girls working commission. They have access to all of their books and I am 
urging them to go booth rental because I know commission is the pathway to booth rental. If I put them on hourly with all of these uh, different things that uh, we're going to talk about shortly, I know they would work for me forever. <laughs> I know they would work for me forever. And like, it's not saying like, I don't want them to work for me forever, but like, these little angel babes are going to go booth rental and that's their goal. So how am I going to get them to their goal quick, quickly? I'm doing hourly commission, whatever's greater and urge them, urge them, urge them on those commission and uh, owning their business and managing their business and all of those things. And that's my business model. But I know commission is a pathway to booth rental because it does build their own business, their own column, their own, own, own. It puts the ownership on the stylist, which is great. Or if the salon owner is looking to have that business that they're building and growing in the brand and the culture and the, all of the things that salon owners, many salon owners are dreaming of having, sometimes the challenge can be that. It's like we're building our own businesses within our business and we get upset when it doesn't go our way. So I'm just really, I'm okay, I love this. And I want to um, follow up that with what are the benefits of team-based salon ownership for the salon owner? So why should a salon owner choose a team-based salon or go through the process of learning about being a team-based salon? Well, again, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. The advantages as we think about the team-based model and we think about the pay uh, component as a part of it is because everyone out there that's listening, uh, I would dare say, your biggest expense in your company is your payroll, number one. So your number one expense in your company uh, from all the vast majority, unless we've got some medical spas on here that are listening in or things like that, then there's that exception of that rule. But for the most part, 90% of you, your biggest expense is, is your payroll. Totally. Now, the advantage to why we advocate hourly for a number of reasons, but on the financial standpoint is this, is that it allows you to then be able to better control that expense because you set when you give out raises or growth or advancement in that expense. And so- I control that expense from a greater standpoint. Now, again, I want to be very careful about the words I use. I want to be very clear that when we work with companies that are that come from a commission environment or an already existing pay program, we work with them to convert their people to an hourly pay program where nobody takes a pay cut. All right. So this isn't about cutting people's pay because I've heard that out there. Big misconception when they hear team-based pay. Oh, I got to cut their pay. No, 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 no. We wouldn't be strategies of business for 25 plus years. We wouldn't still be in business. If our job was to go cut people's pay. All right. People wouldn't be coming to us. So that is not at all what is there. But what once we or once you hire people into an hourly rate, well, then now the advantages are you're better able to control your largest expense in your company, number one. So that helps you to create better financial health. Number two, you are able then to reward the overall person, not just one aspect of who they are. So again, we think about this the same way that all Fortune 500 companies, the vast majority of Fortune 500 companies pay an hourly rate. They give out raises based upon overall performance. If you've ever sat there as an owner and been frustrated about the fact that I'd love to give Julie or Jim or whatever more money or a raise because they attend education, they go the extra mile, they sweep the floor, they fold the towels, they, they, they help to create a better overall experience. Things that in a commission world or other worlds just kind of go, that's nice, but I can't do anything about that. We're looking at the entire person saying, it's not just what you produce with your two hands, although that does still matter. Let's not get this mistaken. That still matters. But at the same time, your pay isn't com completely based upon that. So the advantages are better control of, you, of your ability to be a profitable company. And secondly, you're able to reward the people in a nutshell that deserve rewarding. 
And honestly, if they, you go back to the dream that you had for your company, which is I'd like to do something better for the, for not only myself, but for the people involved in my company, that's probably part of what you were thinking is exactly in that reward the people that deserve the rewarding, not just the do more. And again, that doesn't mean we discount that. If you're if you're standing out and the doing more is such a contribution, I can still absolutely reward you with more with a pay increase because of that reason alone. But I can also consider the overall person that you are, not just that one aspect of you as a person. I would love to I love that. And I would love to add in as a former team-based salon owner, one of the best parts about being a team-based salon owner was the, the customer experience. We, our customers were obsessed with us and it's because we shared all the clients. It did not matter whose name was on the column. It mattered their skill set. Like, could they do the service and was it the service they love to do? And we were booking people based on the services they love to do. We were booking people based on the time available. It elevated our training. Like if, if we weren't a team-based salon, I would not be the educator that I am because I had no choice, but to elevate training to a level where every single artist on my team was able to service the guests, like the most senior artists. Like, of course, the most senior artist is going to be a little bit more confident, a little bit more decisive, little bit faster, have a couple more techniques up their sleeve, but our training was so accelerated because we had to get these people ready to go and on the floor and the clients loved it. We took such great care of them and they were able to get in whenever they wanted to. Productivity was incredible. We're going to get there shortly. We were very busy. Um, and just the, the, the whole, my client thing just didn't exist. Like if my guest had to go in with somebody else, if, if Sarah had to get her hair done and I wasn't available, she felt more than confident to see anybody on the team. And that was a huge deal at GBH. And I feel like that was one of the reasons we were really special is because it really lifted every artist up. And I remember when I met you, Michael, we were talking about tiered pricing in that class. And before I went to strategies, because I had, I had done incubator and then I didn't do the coaching. And that was the big mistake for me because I took incubator, what I learned. And I like, I like shredded it all up in Gina Bianca brain and spit it out into my own thing. And I tried to implement it. And the way that I did it was so wrong. Like I took like, I, I literally, can I just be vulnerable with you? Yes. You oh can, God. yes. I literally, to want to this girl, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. This girl, she was working for me and she was new and I was paying her like $15 an hour. And I took all of her services and divided it by all of the hours that she worked. And I was like, this is what I'm paying you. This is what you're bringing in. And I literally shamed her by mistake and it was not like, I literally was paying hourly without doing, like, I just wasn't, I didn't have the information. I didn't have the leadership. I needed to literally go all the way with it. And I, oh, like, sometimes you just don't know everything. And I did not know everything. And I think that incubator was like the best class I ever took. But when I met you and decided to do the coaching, it was because I took the information and I tried to like make it my own. Like I took it and butchered it and tried to make it my own thing and my own thing. I'm like, Oh, now I understand how this works. Let's do it this way. So I took it and I did tiered pricing. And when I took your seminar, you were talking about why does everybody not charge the same price? Like if you, if, if the guest can't see this person because they're not as good as this person, you have to elevate your training. And I was like, I just did five tiers of pricing. I was up all night. It was like the night before. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, come on. I was like, I can't do anything right. And I was like, I give up. I surrender. And I, it was the, the 18 months. I swear we saw huge profits. Happiness was the, the best thing for our business. Yeah. Um, but really though, for, for the benefits of being a team-based salon owner, I think definitely number one was, um, the, how happy our customers were and how yeah. elevated our training was. We really had the best reputation in the area for training, for customer services, 
five stars everywhere, reviews every single day, people writing reviews. And it was because everybody trusted each other. They trusted the training and it was just a really beautiful place. No, it really, and I'm going to jump in on that, you know, what you're saying, Gina, because you're so, you know, you're so spot on just from the standpoint of, I mean, I remember coming up and when we were working together and doing some on sites with you guys and things like that and walking in and just feeling the vibe of your team and things like that was so awesome because, you know, and I'm not going to say, and and, uh, let me be really clear. I'm not at all taking any credit or strategies, any credit for this. What I'm saying is this is the culture that they built. You know, this has nothing to do with a strategies thing. It just means that they built a, you know, I guess we'll say at the foundation was the principles of what we did, but they applied this in a way that said, Hey, we're going to take the information and we're going to apply this to make it fit uh, GBH. And man, what you, what you created from there, like, so when I walked in and did the, one of our first on sites together, like, so that's exactly it. People were like, you talked about the idea of the customer experience and people wanted to be involved because they felt the energy, they felt the camaraderie, they felt the, we're in this together all doing. And again, there was a very, you know, the other thing that resonated from your culture to me was very protective of that culture. Your team was like, listen, if you ain't stepping up, then we don't want you to be a part of this. So, you know, everyone, everyone was elevating their game from the brand new person to the, to the quote, I'll say quote unquote, most experienced person, everyone was doing their part and elevating their game. And that's how the game was played. And, you know, it was such a cool, you know, awesome, you know, what you built with that was such a great, you know, a great atmosphere uh, from that standpoint, it was really powerful. And it really was like some of the best times of my life, like building GBH. I feel like that was my like five years of business school. Like I, I really would not trade it for the world. I would, I'm really happy. I did it the team-based pay way, the team-based way with you guys, because it really did teach me. I wouldn't be the person that I am if I didn't have that foundation and that whole experience. It was like a work study, you know, cause I was learning the whole way. Like I didn't, I, I was just doing my best to continuously get better and grow and, and provide the best place I possibly could. Well, what's funny to look back on Gina is the fact that, you know, we've known each other long enough to be like, I remember when you're doing this kind of weird, kind of odd thing where like you were just doing hair and you were videoing it and we're just going to post this stuff online. And you know what? People seem to like it and they seem to watch it. And like at the time, it would seem so like it was so new. And it was so like, well, what the heck? Let's just do this. And, you know, you know, when you think about the fact that I remember when we first started working together, yeah, I had people who want to come and do classes and we're like, this is this cool. And like your team and everyone was just on board with it. And now you look and you say, you know, where did that take me? You know, where did that whole piece continue to springboard and move me to, you know, we look back now on it and go where you are now in comparison with that. But it's, it's that fun beginning sometimes to read just where, you know, just doing things that were like, yeah, let's just, let's just jam and let's do some cool, fun things and let's do them together. And next thing you know, you're like, you know, five gajillion followers later and a social media maven and podcasting and, and traveling all the doing this and the other. It's just like, well, it's you guys awesome. had a huge part of that. I told Neil, we got a little sappy on the episode too. Like you had a huge part in that. You did. So, well, you did. it was a great to just to be a part of it. So. You are. And um, I, I just want to throw in there, by the way, with the social media thing, my broadband had posting on it. Right. Must right. post three times a week, must post yeah. four times a week. Like as you elevated in my company and as I paid you more, you're posting more. Posting right. was on my broadband, by the way, in 2017, 2016 and 2017, yeah. which I think is futuristic. And if you don't know what a broadband is, it's a different podcast. Wait. It's a, yeah, I was going to say it's a whole different podcast in a nutshell. It's a career path. We'll just leave it at that. It's a career. We'll leave path. It at, it's a career path, but you're exactly right. It's just like, but to go back to what we were just talking about earlier though, Gina, to that point is what you did was you said, I have an expectation of a system. And that, that takes us back to the beginning, which is, Hey, I got a dream for what I want to do, but how am I going to get there? 
And so just that little piece, that little piece alone, just like, hey, I want to get here. Well, the expectation is then you got to post three times a week to get there. Well, then, okay, that's what we do. And how many of us listening, how many people listening go, I know they should be doing that. I know I asked them to do that, but they don't do it. And the difference between companies that move forward and don't are the ones that say, all right, are they really rowing the boat the same direction or they just have an oar in their hand and a paddle in their hand? Because if not using it, you know, that's where, that's where leadership gets hard. And that's a whole nother podcast itself. Uh, But, you know, but to tie it back to what we even shared earlier, you know, just that expectation of a system we have to hold those expectations and they have to get accomplished to get us to where we want to go. So three posts a week, that's a system. Minimum, baby. The system. <laughs> Minimum. And I had to pull teeth to get those posts. Yes. Pull oh. teeth. And then their productivity is not, we're going to talk about productivity shortly, but yep. oh, your productivity, your expectation is 70% and you're at 50%. First thing I go back to, I go back to their page and I'm just like, okay, well, we're not posting consistently. So this number correlates with this action. And it was so empowering as the owner to have like a system that's like, okay, it's not the person, it's the system. Like, it's not, it's not like, it's like making sure the person knows how to follow through with the system and setting them up to win. And it's not like everybody knows how to post perfectly. How am I setting them up to win? Am I creating the photo area? Do they know how to style the hair? Do they know how to take a picture? Do they have the updated iPhone? And if they don't, we bought it. We bought the camera. We had it there. We set them up to win. And that is just one tiny system of helping the team get to the common goal and help give everybody an or. That's it. You know? That's exactly right. I exactly love right. Great stuff. Um, all right. My next question is what are the benefits of team-based salon for the artist? Well, for I think employee? for the, yeah, for the, for the team member, the, 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 your, your employee, uh, I think it's pretty straightforward and pretty simple. Um, number one, and we can really understand this, especially in the last 12 months we just got out of, it offers you stability and security. Um, and that's a high premium, especially right now after what we just lived through. And what I mean by that is when you pay hourly, what you're saying is, Hey, listen, if we're working a 40 hour work week, I know, or X amount of work, whatever the work week is. All right. If I'm working my scheduled hours, I know what my paycheck's going to be. Uh, that offers stability, that offers security, knowing that can be there. We saw many, many, many companies that, again, when other systems were in place and done properly, they were also able to continue to support their people uh, because of the fact that they built the right systems, even when they were shut down at times. It doesn't mean they, you know, they fully paid them, but I know many a company that was able to uh, help and assist and pay uh, people. So, Stability, security is one of those things. And stability too, from the standpoint, you've got to remember the nice thing about hourly is when you go to apply for any kind of a loan, anything like that, you've got something that that, that, that evaluator will just say the bank looks at and says, hey, listen, I know exactly what this is. This isn't a matter of, well, because again, commission and again, 10 years myself doing it. I walked into many a bank in that time and got many the answer of, yeah, we'll give this, but isn't there fluctuation and can't there be ups and downs? And you have to go through all those gymnastics of that. This, hey, here's what I get paid. Here's my W-2. Here's my, here's my slip. Here's my, you know, my check stubs, that kind of thing. Stability, security. The other thing it offers is this, and you kind of have to open your mind a bit to this if this first time you ever thought about it, but it is true. You can grow beyond what your two hands can do. And so there is growth beyond what your two hands can do, because you have to remember Remember this, and I'll keep this as hopefully as simple as possible. No matter, again, especially if you're in a commission environment or things of that nature, you've got to remember, you can only earn as much as your two hands can produce and what you can charge and things of that nature. And those all run out. The ability to keep raising prices runs out. It's it's capped. There's a limit to it. All right. The, the amount of commission, I get X amount. And I, I say this again, 
working for uh, nine years as a commissioned hairdresser. Uh, the last four years uh, in my career, uh, my W-2s at the end of the year looked almost identical every year. Was I still, was the pay still fine? Yeah, the pay was still fine, but there was no growth because I had maximized, I worked 40 hours, I got X amount of commission, I sold my time at the maximum I could, and that was it. You're, you're done. I was capped out. How was I going to earn more? You earn more through commission. How do you earn more? Get more commission. Ain't no more to give. Raise prices. That's limited. All right. Still plateaus you uh, as far as that goes or work more. And so far, everything I heard when I was a business owner and what I hear right now is uh, the idea of working more isn't exactly out there and being like, people aren't knocking down the door and be like, I'd like to work an extra 10 hours this week. So it all limits. What I want to tell you is in an hourly based environment, you're basing this on the health of the company. And when that business, as the business keeps continuing to get healthier, I, as the business owner, can continue to reward the people that deserve the rewarding. That does not, and again, it, now this is where it really clicks. It's not just based only on what you can produce. It's based upon your overall person that you are. So I may see, like I'll use Eugene as an example. Hey, listen, I got Gina. She's fantastic, you know, but she's fully booked. Okay, great. But what other assets does Gina bring? Well, what Gina brings is Gina brings energy. What Gina brings is knowledge that she shares with others. What else does Gina bring? Hey, Gina brings the ability. She's passionate about doing uh, social media. And she does that. What else does Gina bring to the table? I can start to look at Gina overall and say, you know what? The fact that she's an educator, the fact that she continues to just be a great example uh, of our culture, the fact that she involves and immerses herself in helping our social media, those things, I want to continue to reward those aspects. And you can, there are many more outside of that. And so you can grow beyond what just two hands can make. And I will tell you, cause I will, you know, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. I had people that worked for me that far out earned what they would have earned in an older or in our, in our previous business model of how we paid uh, on commission. So I saw it happen myself. This isn't me spouting theory. This is me saying I practiced this and watched it happen. So to me, those are the three big things, stability, security, and the ability to grow beyond what I could do just on my own with those, with only those two hands. Well, I have to say that you listing everything I bring to the table, that felt really good. <laughs> Doesn't it? I was just like, wow. And I wrote down, allows you to truly see your team. Right. And, and you know what? Value. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump back in, Gina, and say that I'm really glad that you said that because that's why people want to continue to work for companies like that or like yours. I mean, let's just put it this way: that's not exclusive. Let me let me just be really clear: that's not exclusive to only hourly. But when you show people what their value, how you value them, then you get those kind of immediate reactions. Like that felt pretty good to hear that. Yeah, it does. It does feel good. And what I want to say is it's not that hourly is, you can do that same thing on commission or things like that. But what hourly does is hourly allows you to add that extra component where it's not just verbiage. You can turn that into something also tangible as well. And that to me is the main reason why I became such why as soon as I started to go, wow, there's a better way to do business because I can recognize that not just and go, Gina, you're awesome, but Gina, you're awesome. And because you're awesome, I'd like to reward you with X amount in form of a raise. That's really cool. That's just really cool. It's fun. Giving raises is a blast. It is when you're really a business fun. Owner. It is really fun. Like that's that was one of my favorite things to do. I did it too much. Remember? Yeah. yeah well, I do remember that. Yeah. There, we got to still be a little bit careful about. Uh, I was not. <laughs> right. I was it, like, it, can be addictive because it feels 
good to hand out, but we, you know, like we got some, got to be smart and we teach financial soundness and, and all that good stuff that comes behind this. This doesn't come without, let's put it this way, uh, just to, 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 before we make this sound like it's uh, snow cones and, and sugar cane and, and all this sweet stuff, it, it, there's a lot of good stuff, but at the same time, it takes a lot of other responsibilities that you need to do to get to the good stuff and uh, being financially uh, smart about decisions you make are one part of that. Not saying you weren't financially smart, but I'm just saying there's a lot of other decisions <laughs> you need to make. Listen, so. I needed help. I was like, <laughs> you're going to Disney. You're getting a Louis Vuitton bag. You're getting this. Like I, I do remember that too. Well, it's interesting because, and I'll get, <laughs> I'll get deep with you again, Michael. Um, I, you, I, I was going through some things in my life over the last year and I got some help and I'm really happy that I did. But one of the challenges that I had and still struggle with is codependent giving and many salon owners, many humans have this challenge. Um, and you just give too much. You give beyond because you're afraid of people leaving or you're afraid of people right. abandoning you. And mine was very, very strong. And I, we made a lot of money at GBH and a lot of the money I was bringing in behind the chair, I was bringing in almost $200,000 a year behind the chair. And some of it went in my pocket, but I was very generous. I continue to be extremely generous, but you're absolutely right. The financial soundness, taking care of yourself as a leader. And this is going to bring me into my next question. What are the downsides? Why doesn't everybody do this? What does it take to be an awesome team-based salon owner? Like, I feel like this leads us right into that. Like, what does it take to be a good team-based salon owner? You already mentioned financial literacy, being financially sound. Like that's a huge part of it. It's not like you just take the class and plug it in. I learned that that wasn't the way either. It takes a lot of leadership and it takes a lot of accountability for not only you, but for everybody on the team. So what would you say the top things, um, what it takes to be an employee, a team-based salon owner, a good one. So uh, uh, first I'll say you, you asked the first question, which was, and, and I think you asked the better question following up, but I'll answer the first one too, which is why doesn't everyone do this? I don't know, beats me. Um, you know, on my standpoint, but here's what I will say the, because there are, there are pitfalls out there. There are pitfalls out there. So I do want to answer your question, which I think is the, is the perfect question that you bring up. It's like, what's it take? And again, I'm going to give you all the credit in the world on this, because to me, what it takes is it takes someone willing to be fearless. All right. It takes a fearless leader. Uh, we talk about that a lot. And honestly, and I'm not just saying this because we know each other and I'm on your podcast right now, but, and I've said this time and time and time and time again, you were my very, you have been not only at that time, but even still probably one of the most fearless people I know when it comes to business. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you right now that that, that pays off in spades because most people have fear and I've watched you listen, Gina, I've watched you as every business owner does make a million mistakes, but guess what? It doesn't stop me. It doesn't get me down. It doesn't take me off of my course. It just says, Oh, that's a mistake. Let me lick the wounds, get back up and keep going. That's what fearless looks like. Fearless doesn't mean I did it. Perfect. Fearless just says I'm not stopping because I know what I want. And I know where I want to go. And this is what, or fearless is, it's not that even I know what I want, but I'm not going to, I know where I want to go. Maybe that's the better way to say it. I know where I want to go and I'm not stopping to, to, till I get there. And I know I, what I want from my business and those that are part of my business. So I would say fearless is the, is, and again, it's not, that doesn't just apply to the team-based business model that applies to business in general. But the one thing I will tell you is the team-based business model requires you to stay on your game. Other systems, and now just, again, I'm not trying to bash commission. This isn't what I'm here to do, but I will say that allows you to kind of accept. And again, plus, trust me, there are plenty of people that accept what we call the country club behavior, even in hourly but they don't get nearly the results they're looking for. So fearless is one huge piece. Got to be fearless. 
as far as that goes. Uh, and, the, and the second to me is, uh, you know, the other key factor is build trust, build trust, build trust, you know, communicate, communicate, communicate. So I guess there's actually two more. So be fearless, build trust and communicate until you're blue in the face, because that's what people need. And you build trust through communication. So they're kind of one A, one B. But with trust, you can do anything. And again, that's not a phrase that I coined. There's an, all kind of books written on trust, speed of trust and all kind of other trust books by people smarter than myself. I'm just learning from them. But it does it does apply trust gets you and it moves businesses forward. And, you know, if you ever want to know where trust lies, make a change in your company that makes people kind of sit up and see how many people like follow along and you know where your trust factor is. Like Because the moment you start instituting change, the moment things happen. What's that, Gina? Like closing on the weekends. Remember that choice? Yeah. Yeah. That was a hard one. That was like a crazy ass change. But I had this vision of like being the salon where hairstylists can have work-life balance. That was like my ultimate lifelong dream was to have a salon where people felt safe, balanced. They didn't have to work on the weekends and like this whole thing. And I remember, like you said, like make a change that makes people sit up and look around that was one of the biggest change price increases are a huge change where it really brings up the trust in your company. I totally agree with all of that. And thank you for your kind words about me being fearless. I was over here like, yeah, like celebrating. you are definitely fearless. <laughs> it definitely fearless. I, I think courageous too. Cause it doesn't mean I'm not afraid. I just do it anyway. I'm like, you know what? There you go. I'll, I'll be, I'm fine with both of those. Yeah, words. I'm courageous. good with either one. I'm good with either one because they are, they both are necessary, whichever one you want to choose, pick one of them and you're still going to be successful. Yeah. I love that fearless leader. And if you're afraid, be courageous. Yeah. Hold trust. Yeah. Communicate. Communicate. I heard from you and this is something I repeat to this day. And I don't know if you've learned it from somebody else, but I'm sure we'll keep passing it around the industry. But how many times do I have to tell them you tell them until they get it. And that is one of the things I learned as a leader, because I was like, how many times do I have to tell this grown ass person to not wear these clothes to work? Like how many, and it's just like, you just tell them until they get it, I guess. (laughs) It was a lot. I'm going to expand that just a little bit one step farther. Right. And that's exactly it. Number one, you tell them until they get it. And if you're telling them a lot and they're still not getting it, then tell them a different way. Yes. So it doesn't mean stop telling them. It just says, you know what? Maybe Gina isn't getting what I'm telling her right now. So maybe I, as the leader, need to address Gina in a different way. Doesn't mean I'm backing off of it doesn't mean Gina doesn't want to get it. It doesn't mean it's not important anymore. It just means maybe I need to change up how I communicate. So you're exactly right. It's tell them until they get it. Uh, and if they're not getting it, then keep communicating, but change up how you approach it then. So, but it still means keep telling them. Got to keep communicating. I love it. Can I add one more under what it takes yeah. to be an awesome team? Absolutely. Salon owner? And I think that, cause I, I shared with you guys before I was a team-based salon owner and then I closed my team-based salon and I opened a different kind of salon. But I think that one of the big things for me was focus. I think that focus is yep. the most powerful thing because what you focus on, you move toward. And I stopped focusing on my salon and started focusing on education. And when I started putting all of my focus into something else, it was really easy to let things slide. Yep. And I think that focus is something that every person going toward their goal. There's so much education out there. There's so much information out there. You can listen to clubhouse podcasts, everything and fill your brain with information, but are you focusing or are you just filling your head? Like sometimes we have to empty our head and focus on what we want. And I think that that's something super important to share. No, I, I love that. you. Yes. I love that. Love that. Love that. Because I've seen a lot of people, I'll just say it this way too. I've seen a lot of business owners uh, fall in love, we'll say with something else, their focus goes to something else that they love more than. And when that happens, 
everyone feels it. Everyone senses it. You know, it is very, because I think you said it perfectly. What you focus on, you move toward. So what you fall in love with, you focus on and you move toward that, which means naturally then you're moving farther away from something else. There's something else on the other side of that that you were focused on that now you're no longer focused on and you move away from that. And for some businesses, they focus on something else. And I'm not saying this in any kind of negative way whatsoever. It just means that, hey, if my love turned to something different, my I've evolved or changed in some way, there, there's nothing wrong with that. It just simply says, though, realize, though, that the moment you start to focus somewhere else, you take your focus off of that, that initial thing. And if that initial thing might've been your business, well, then it's going to, it's going to, it's going to impact that company, you know, some, sometimes greater than others. I had like a breakthrough moment just now, like, oh my God. Wow. So I was just thinking about like, how I moved focusing on education and I was building so much. And I also like, as I was focusing on education, not only was I moving away from the business I had, I was also moving away from myself and like my self-care, taking care of me, my health, all of those things. And I started moving into this other thing. And it's almost like if I was focusing on my relationships and my health, like if I didn't move completely out, I don't know. I just like literally just had like a breakthrough moment of just, wow. Anyways, it's, it's really, it's really being in business is really crazy and it's such a wild journey. And it takes a very special person to be an entrepreneur. And it takes a fearless leader, like you said. And, um, I wouldn't, I just would not go back and change a thing. It it, it was such an amazing experience for me having a team-based salon. So I'm thinking that we start to wind down this episode with the number one thing I learned from strategies. And then I think in our next episode, we should break all of those down. Cause I think that this episode is so amazing for people to digest. And I would love to start, um, to share with everybody, you know, when many salon owners like me in the beginning, especially opened a place to build my own dreams, my own culture, my own spot. And I didn't have the best business background and foundation. And one of the best things I learned from strategies are the four business outcomes. I actually talk about this like all the time because something people ask me, they're like, well, how do I talk to my owner about this? I'm like, you need to put it into words. They understand, tell them how your idea is going to affect the four business outcomes. And I'll break it down for them. And I would love for you to break down the four business outcomes, and then we're going to break them down and unpack them and dive deeper into them in our next episodes. That sounds great. So to just kind of give you the, the, the initial breakdown of them, when we talk about the four business outcomes, these are outcomes that no matter what you do in your business, no matter what your business is, whether you're a salon, hair only, spa, does not matter what your services you provide. These are things that you impact every day as a result of your actions. All right. Every day, whatever action you take, the moment the phone rings, it starts to impact one or more of these areas. And the four business outcomes are this. It's productivity, profitability, staff retention, and customer loyalty. And so those are at the core of and again everything you do impacts one if not multiple of those outcomes and again i'll just leave it at that because again like Gina was saying we're going to break this down and we're going to talk about each one of these a lot more in depth but we'll set the table there can we run that back what are they their productivity yep productivity profitability staff retention and customer loyalty. These are the four business outcomes. This is possibly one of the most amazing things I learned from strategies and all my business foundation around them have changed my business. So I'm really excited to get into it on our next episode. We're going to break all of those down until then you guys give strategies a follow 
be sure to visit www.strategies.com. Check out their site. They have so many amazing seminars and courses. You will probably see me at them. Um, you can use my code Gina10 for 10% off any seminar. You could also hit the link in the description. You guys can sign up for any of the classes. Michael, thank you so much for spending your time. I cannot wait to record another one of these. Like I always learn so much from you and you're always going to be one of my biggest mentors and one of the people who taught me everything. So thank you so much again. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Gina. Looking forward to talking more. I can't wait. All right, you guys. Remember, go to strategies.com. Check out Incubator. That is the course that changed my business. Incubator. It is so amazing. It's a four day seminar where they cover everything. And it's the only seminar they do where they break team based pay down and the team based business model down from start to finish. They unpack everything. They talk about so much that's going to help you grow your business. If you're an employee based salon owner, if you're an aspiring salon owner and you're looking to change your business, if you're 18 months in, 18 years in, it is not too late to build the business of your dreams. We will see you on the next episode. I can't wait to break these down. I know it's going to be amazing and I know I'm going to learn so much. So we'll see you on the next one. What's up, everybody? I want to let you know before we go that Strategies has one of the best classes for hair salons, hairstylists, independent artists, whoever you are. If you want to grow your business, you need to take Incubator. I've taken this class three times. It's one of my best kept secrets. You know, they taught me so much about business. Highly recommend Strategies and all of their seminars. I've taken pretty much all of them and some of them multiple times. I coached with Strategies for three years during my, um, you know, ownership at Gina Bianca Hair and it was the best thing for me. I learned so much from them. Their uh, seminars, you could save 10% using my code GINA10. They are some of the best seminars in the industry. So I hope you take them. You could visit strategies.com. You can also click the link in the uh, description of this podcast and just use my code Gina10. You'll save 10% off these amazing seminars. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. This episode is produced by Alora Media.